0: The very funny, Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney has a new show, everyone. It is called John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix live during the Netflix is a Joke Fest.
1: Yes, it is a comically unconventional show that will feature special guests. I'm very excited for this. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix.
0: Angela, we're always making lists of the places we want to go, and I've got another
1: one for you. Williamsburg, Virginia. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, an outdoor enthusiast, a thrill seeker, a history buff, or just friends looking for a good happy hour, you'll find what you came for.
0: There is lots of good food and drink to be found in Williamsburg. There's contemporary cuisine. There's local craft breweries. I heard there's a winery that's Wineries, stunning. yes. You could go for a girls weekend, a romantic couples trip, or a family vacation. So for your next vacation, visit Williamsburg. I'm Jenna Fisher and I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together and we're best friends and now we're doing the Ultimate Office rewatch podcast just for you.
1: Each week we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you.
0: We're The Office ladies.
1: Hi everybody. Hi guys. We wanted to wish you a really happy, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. We are on vacation. I'm probably eating chocolate pie as I speak. Oh, yeah. There's a very, very,
0: very good chance that while you're listening to this, I am eating bread and pie.
1: (laughs) But we wanted to share with you guys our season one second drink revisited episode where we answer fan questions and we talk about all of those things we missed. Yeah.
0: So you might have heard a portion of this when it originally aired as part of our candy bag episodes over on Stitcher Premium, but we are bringing it here for the holidays. We're basically covering everything from the pilot to Hot Girl, so like season one.
1: All the stuff, all your questions, and there's some really good ones. We love it when you guys send these in, so hopefully, you know, while you're eating your leftovers, you can listen to us gab away.
0: I re-listened to it. I love it. Even though I recorded it, I forgot stuff. What does that say about me?
1: Maybe maybe you need some ginkgo.
0: Right? You know what? Story for real lady. What? I got some ginkgo biloba yeah. to help my memory and mm. I forgot to take it after Come days. on. I'm not lying. I was like in college. Yeah. And I got the ginkgo biloba and I brought it home and my dad still gives me grief. By the way, I think it was a Thanksgiving break. I came home with my ginkgo biloba and my dad has never let me live it down.
1: I love that it's become a classic go-to for your dad. That's like such a dad thing to do. Oh, yeah. Really quick, before we get into this, lady, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? I
0: love good old-fashioned green bean casserole with the dirty fried onions on top. And by the way, I use canned green beans. I do not use fresh green beans. I do not use frozen fresh green beans canned green beans in my dirty green bean casserole with a good can of mushroom soup. I look
1: forward to it every year. I do love that. Oh, I love that. I love like my mom's gravy and I don't know how she does it. I mean, it, it, it no store-bought gravy, no restaurant gravy will ever top this gravy. I think she takes like all the what's left in the pan, you know, and yeah. then she... Adds flour to it and whatever. I don't know what all she does to it, but I will drizzle that gravy on anything. It is so good. All right, Jenna, should we get into this? Yeah, let's do it.
0: Now, I have a couple of questions. These are for you, Angela. I I was looking in our mailbox, and I've got a couple of questions for our background expert. Oh, Lord. That's you. So Haley said at the end of the pilot episode, there is a cartoon drawing just behind Jim's head on the shelves where they have office supplies and paper, etc. Does anyone know what this drawing is? Angela, can you help us out?
1: Okay. Haley, I saw that too. These things drive me crazy as well. I want to know who would just cut up like cartoons and actually not do a very good job cutting. It looks like they rip them out and they tape them to the wall. This is like the second time I've noticed one of these. Well, I-
0: this was in a time because when I worked in an office, if you saw something funny like a cartoon that you thought was funny, that's what you did with it. You didn't post it on your Instagram because you didn't have Instagram. You cut it out and you put mm-hmm. it like, but you usually put it in the break
1: room. I mean, this is just randomly taped to the wall, but I I, I took a photo of it from the TV and zoomed in. Do you see it, Jenna? Oh, it yeah. looks like it's been ripped out of a magazine. See how it's like jagged? It looks very
0: New Yorker to me. Yeah, it looks it like did. a New Yorker cartoon. And it
1: looks like a woman in an office. There's a plant behind her. There's like a bar graph on the wall. And it looks like the man in front of her has something all over his back. Do you see that? Yeah. Or maybe an animal attached to his back. (laughs) We don't know because it goes by so fast. I mean, I did a burst photo on that thing and that's the best I got. So Haley, I am sorry. I don't know what that comic means other than maybe one of our prop guys thought it was funny and he taped it to the wall. Well, I have a tidbit about something that's in the background on the wall that we can all enjoy. What is it? It
0: is in Michael's office. It's uh, on the wall. Is it in a frame? It's in a frame. So there is on Michael's wall a certificate that's mm-hmm. framed in the way that you might frame your high school diploma, your college diploma. Something
1: you're very proud of.
0: Yes. Michael has framed a certificate from his watch.
1: When he bought his watch. When he bought it with a watch. certificate.
0: And it says certificate of authenticity. This certifies that Michael Scott, and he had to write in his own name, Mm -hmm. is the proud owner of a quality Seiko timepiece. Now, Seiko is a watch. The problem is Seiko is spelled S-E-Y-K-O, meaning Michael has framed a certificate of authenticity for his knockoff Seiko watch. Yes,
1: Yes. And he's proudly displayed it in his office. Yes. His certificate of ownership of a watch. I feel of like, a fake watch. Of a fake watch. I feel like Michael might buy a picture frame that has a really nice-looking family as a stock photo and just leave it up. Oh, I think that's in an episode.
0: <laughs> I think there's an <laughs> think, episode where he keeps right. the stock photo of whatever came with his frame. All right. I have another one for you, Angela. Okay. All right. This is from Taylor. She says, clearly, the filing cabinet trash can joke doesn't go over well with Jan. Do you remember that scene? Yes. where mm-hmm. She's like, did you get my fax? And, and, and I say he threw it in he had me file a special it. filing mm-hmm. cabinet that's a trash can. Well, Michael covers it up by saying, quote, the joke was originally my brother's. Taylor says, Michael has a brother? I feel that in regards to his family, we only hear about his mom and stepfather, Jeff but never any siblings. Angela, what can you tell us?
1: Well, you know what? That is such a good question because we really don't know a lot about Michael's family other than the fact that they don't really seem to be very close and they haven't really been there for him. He often talks about, throughout the nine seasons, his disdain for Jeff. His stepfather. His stepfather, which I find very funny. Um, but he does mention that he has a brother. He, he has a line where he says, I love my big brother. Mm-hmm. And then he also has this line that this joke was his brother. So he does reference a brother. And then he also references what appears to be his nephew in the nepotism episode. Mm. He mentions his nephew and where people are thinking maybe that's from a half-sister, maybe from his mom and Jeff. So there's not a lot of like information about Michael's family other than the fact that he he probably was alone a lot because it seems like his mom— remarried Jeff. Yeah. And maybe his big brother was away. (laughs) Yeah. I think Michael was kind of maybe a sad kid growing up. I think when his parents got divorced, whatever age he was at, it really affected him. And Jeff really affected him. Yeah. But they don't, the writers really don't go into it very much. But I love that he
0: does have that backstory. Mm -hmm. And this is why he's motivated to make the office his family it's why he longs for a family so deeply and it's why you forgive him for all the mistakes he makes in wanting this yes. and why he comes on so strongly we give you this backstory about him these little nuggets that yes. he he was not happy growing up and it takes him from just being a big over-the-top tv character to being a real human
1: being And I think our writers did a great job of giving all the characters those little backstories that made them fully fleshed out people. And it's also why you root for Michael in the end to go have a life with Holly. Yes. Because he finally has his person and he's going to have a family.
0: Now let's move on to what we missed from Diversity Day. Megan G., among others, said, Hi! In the Diversity Day podcast, Jenna mentioned that the huge shredder behind her desk was never used but didn't she shred some things with Meredith's son on Bring Your Daughter to Work Day? Yes, everyone. Yeah. I missed this. And I am so sorry. Yes, the way that Pam finally tries to get some kid to like her is that she shows Meredith's son the giant shredder. I will go on record saying I believe that is the only time we ever used the big shredder. And I think it was a joke. When we finally used it, that it's been sitting there for all this time.
1: I'm sure when we turned it on, like cobwebs
0: came out of it. It was like, (laughs) I don't think it worked. I think it had to be repaired. (laughs) It had to like rig it somehow. Well, something else is the door Mm -hmm. behind accounting between Meredith's desk and accounting. We never use it. We never go in it. We never go out of it. And that was a big mystery. And finally, in season nine, we see what's behind the door. But you know what was really behind the door?
1: Was the bathrooms. The bathrooms. In Video Village. Yeah, the green room. The green room where um, producers could watch what we were filming and where we went to the bathroom.
0: And finally, from the Diversity Day episode, Shelby wrote, why didn't Jim have a diversity card on his forehead? Shelby, I don't know. But great thing to point out. Why didn't Jim have a diversity card on his forehead? I looked all through there and I could not figure out If he never had one, I kind of remember him never having one. I texted BJ. And what did BJ say? He didn't get back to me. I went over to Dunderpedia. Yeah. Okay. Dunderpedia is like the Wikipedia just for the office. And it lists every person and the card on their forehead. And Jim does not have one. There is no listing for Jim. This is a mystery. And it's just going to remain so. Phyllis has Haitian in a deleted scene, and Devin has West Nile in a deleted scene. Yes. But Jim does not ever appear with a sticker on his forehead.
1: Is it because John had bangs? I don't think so. <laughs> Look at his hair and tell me how you'd put a note card on his forehead. I don't know. I think somehow Jim just managed to get
0: out of it. Doesn't he seem like the kind of guy that would get out of something like that?
1: Somehow. somehow. Like he would just like sneaky because he's cool. Clearly. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Well, maybe we should take a break. I like it. All right, let's get into healthcare. Heather wrote in and said, there is a brief discussion about Rain maybe having a lollipop in his mouth at four minutes, 50 seconds. She says it's a toothpick. Angela, can you confirm? Heather, here's the deal.
1: I have now gotten glasses for far away. <laughs> <laughs> They're new. I now wear them when I watch the episodes and I rewatch this part of healthcare just for you, Heather. And I think you're right. I think it's a toothpick and not a lollipop. Without glasses, looked like lollipop. With glasses, I'm like, hmm, I bet it's a toothpick. You're seeing the detail. Mm -hmm. Brett,
0: at five minutes, five seconds, says, there's a photo on the wall behind Meredith. Is that Bob Barker? Yes. It is?
1: Brett, yes, it is Bob Barker. Okay. And it looks like it's torn out of a magazine. And Bob has like a striped shirt. He's sitting on a sofa. I swear this was in a magazine. And it's just right below there's a green Scranton Wilkes Bar wall map index book that's been like thumbtacked. And right below it is Bob Barker sitting on a sofa.
0: Is this something that Meredith, the character of Meredith, put on the wall,
1: we think? Does she love Bob Barker? You know what? It fits. He's really tan. (laughs) He's got a lot of money. Yes. He probably knows the best buffet in Vegas. All right. This is Meredith's kind of guy.
0: (laughs) Next question. This is for you, Angela, from John. Now that we know that Kevin applied for a job in the warehouse, but Michael gave him a job in accounting, does that change the way you look at the dynamic between the three characters in the accounting department? Angela, I want to say that you always had the most amazing backstory for the character of Kevin. Will you share it? This is, guys, now this, we always make fun of my actor prep and my Pam document, but Angela has this backstory for the character of Kevin that she invented that she shared with me.
1: Here's my theory for how Kevin got his job. I think Kevin's dad, Mr. Malone Sr., I think he was like golf buddies and friends with Robert Dunder and Robert Mifflin. They were the co-founders of Dunder Mifflin. It was a nepotism Yeah, hire. I think Mr. Malone was like, you got to hire my kid. Look, we know he's an idiot. Put him somewhere in the corner. If he makes any problems, I'll pay it off. Just hire him, get him out of the house.
0: I think this is also why there are three accountants because yes. you and Oscar have to we redo say.
1: Kevin's work sometimes, all the time. And like, I have a line that's like when we're talking about being downsized. I'm like, well, I think I know which department is going to be downsized. I mean, we have there's one department that has three people yes. doing the job of two. That's like a conversation Oscar and I have. You it, know, we're talking about Kevin
0: with your backstory. I think it totally works that. His dad came to him and said, Kevin, I'm going to get you a job at this paper company. Where do you want to work? And he was like, forklift. Yes. I want to work with the things in the,
1: in the warehouse. And I'm sure that Daryl was like, no. No, no, no. And he muscled Michael. And he was like, you put him up here. Get him out of my warehouse. Yes. This is,
0: we have invented this. We just want to let you know, John. This is, yeah. This is our own
1: brainchild. John, this is Jenna and Angela fan fiction.
0: Justin wrote in and said, Jenna you mentioned your Sounds of Scranton mixtape. I couldn't find it on your website and was wondering if you're going to post your Sounds of Scranton playlist. Justin, yes.
1: She is. Justin, I want you to know she's embarrassed by it. I but, am. But I told her, I was like, that's what's so charming about it and you have to put it on and we're doing it. It's on there
0: now. I just want to say it is a bunch of Classic rock songs. And my husband saw the list and he said, This makes no sense. How did this get you in the character of Pam? I don't understand. And I explained to him when I was younger and I went on long road trips. This is what I listened to as Jenna. You listened
1: to pour some sugar on me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hot. Sticky sweet. From my head to my feet. yeah. Yeah. Classic rock was really big in St. Louis. And so it
0: brought me back to a time in my life as Jenna. When I was struggling, Mm -hmm. when I was driving to my receptionist job and I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And so by listening to that music, it did get me in a headspace. Later, when Pam is really upset about everything in season three, when she is upset about her life with Jim, I created a different playlist for Pam. And it was all very moody, kind of like Nora Jones Mm -hmm. and Ben Folds which I think maybe feels a little more on the nose. But the answer is Sounds of Scranton. It's on the officeladies.com website now. You can find it. And we are also considering if you guys respond well, we might make a Sounds of Scranton t-shirt.
1: What do you (laughs) think? I think think we should. My husband (laughs) said he would wear it.
0: All right, now we're going to move on to the Alliance episode. Okay. Here is a quick list of all the things we missed. Apparently, Angela, we missed a lot. Angry Queen said, a tad disappointed you didn't mention the sticky on Michael's file cabinet at 9 minutes, 49 seconds that says whistle and I'll fart.
1: Let me tell you something, Angry Queen. I'm sad I missed that too. I went back and rewatched healthcare and the Alliance, I want you to know. And actually, the first time you see whistle and I'll fart, is in healthcare. Bum, bum, bum. Not the alliance. Ooh. Look at four minutes, seven seconds in healthcare, and you're going to see it. Well, it's funny you say that because
0: Lauren mentions that at four minutes, seven seconds in the alliance, you see a man vanish while walking behind Pam's
1: head. Yeah, I, I rewound that like three times because at first I thought it was just like Devin doing a cross or creed, you know, because they would, uh, our directors would have them do background crosses so that the office looked like it was still busy and functioning while there were people in the conference room doing their talking heads. And so I rewatched it and you're right. It's like they edited and halfway across, Devin is making a cross and then he just disappears. Wow. Yeah, good catch, Lauren.
0: Zanel says that at 6 minutes, 20 seconds, the show
1: cuts to Pam at her
0: desk and she is wearing a purple striped shirt instead of a pink shirt she was wearing in the rest of the episode.
1: Okay, I actually want to applaud you, Zanel. <laughs> because I went back and re-watched this and it took me a minute because that purple striped shirt and probably why the editors used it and hoped no one would catch it is literally just her right shoulder. It is such a quick moment and you got it. So applause.
0: Very good. So now we have some questions about this episode. Arlind said, you talked about a scene where Kelly gets moved to the annex because she bugged Meredith from talking too much, but I have absolutely no idea when this was. I wanted to clear this up. Okay. This scene never occurs. This was a made-up backstory that we came up with on the set right. as the reason why just Toby and Kelly work in this whole other section of the office. The joke was that Michael made Toby sit back there because he couldn't stand him and Kelly got moved back there because she was sort of annoying everybody else in the office with her chatty chat.
1: Yeah, this was just a sort of on-set sort of like made up story that that we would like joke about why they were moved away. Yeah, the
0: reason they were moved away was because they were writers and they couldn't be
1: in every scene. They yeah, had they, to be in the writer's room. Yeah, they had
0: to be able to disappear.
1: But we joked that we thought it was because Michael hated Toby and Kelly was too chatty. Yes.
0: Is wrote in and said, when Michael talks about the 80s party and they cut to the news clipping at four minutes, 19 seconds, the article is a bunch of gibberish. All right, Angela, I did an Angela. I did it too. I I went, zoomed in on it.
1: I froze that screen. I put on my glasses. And I read the whole thing.
0: Well, it starts out as a real newsletter, but then the second paragraph is where... It, gets, it starts. Yes. Do you
1: have it? I do. I do. It says, as anybody can easily tell, this newsletter doesn't really have a lot to say. It's really just a prop to fill in some space and sort of look like a newsletter without really being much of a newsletter at all by typing a lot of words. And then it starts to type gibberish words.
0: This is so phil This is the props department amusing themselves. Yeah. Which they did often. We have a lot of props from the show. You especially that you
1: saved, Angela. Yes. Where... We've talked about it before, I think. Have we? Or I no? don't know. Uh, I mean, one of the fa- my favorite things I saved was a prop, and it is Dwight and Angela's wedding program. And you open it up, and it's got all of this stuff in there. And that was that was Phil Shea having fun. And I remember. I love it.
0: Pam's wedding program as well has a bunch of like funny misspelled words in it on purpose. And we never address it in the episode, but I like to imagine, you know, as happens with weddings, you get your program, you're like, oh, what? Mm -hmm. They misspelled the brother's name? And it was on purpose. They would do that stuff. Melissa Dawn wrote in and said, I hope you talk about the fake dead rat in the trap in that scene in the warehouse. A lot of people wrote in about this, actually. A lot of interest in the dead rat. Angela, what can you tell us?
1: Here's what I can tell you. At 13 minutes, 17 seconds, there is this black rat And it's laying by that cart, you know? Jim is taping up the box, and there's this black rat laying on its side, like using the trap as a pillow. And you even see it move. That's what someone wrote in and said. Yes, and it's clearly fake. I need to know, what the heck? Was there a prop guy with a string that made its head move? I will tell you, I emailed Phil Shea. I texted Mm -hmm. Phil Shea.
0: I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. And I apologize, but I think he is on vacation. He yes. has not gotten back to me. He's it's Either not like, that
1: or Phil Shea now hates me. No, but no, no. I'm trying not to take it personally. It's not like Phil Shea would ghost you, Jenna. <laughs> I think he's on vacation, and it's probably a much-deserved vacation. So we might have to revisit that rat question. But here's the other thing I noticed. It's a continuity error, but I also have to wonder if someone told them to get rid of the rat. Because at 13 minutes, 17 seconds, you see the rat. And then at 13 minutes, 27 seconds, there is no rat. There is no rat trap. So I kind of wonder if they got in trouble or something. Well, maybe
0: it was in the first take Mm -hmm. and then they got rid of it. Because it looked too fake. Sure. But then that first take of Jim taping the box was the best one. So they used it. And then, you know, it wasn't in later takes because stuff like that would happen. Yeah. So there's like rat, no rat. Warren and Jorge wrote in and said, in this episode, we learn that dairy makes Meredith sick. However, in Survivor Man, Meredith said she really prefers Devil's Food Cake. Was this a continuity miss, or was she just willing to risk it all for this cake?
1: I think Meredith would risk it all for her favorite cake. I mean, I think she would risk it all on a whim, you yeah. know? Like, yeah.
0: especially, what's that drink with the milk in The Kahlua in
1: it? thing? Kahlua She and would cream? be like, eh, I'll pay for it tomorrow.
0: Yes, yes. So I don't know if it was an intentional continuity error or not, but I feel like more likely it was a choice. Yeah. All right, here's our last question from Mary. Near the end of the episode, when Roy confronts Jim, it pans over to Dwight next to the plant, and above Meredith's desk is a photo on the wall. Is
1: that a picture of feet? Yes, Mary, it is. And that was an amazing catch. Oh my gosh, Mary, applause. At 20 minutes, 57 seconds, you have to look because it's not just a small picture. It's a really big picture of a pair of feet. One foot is a little bit more featured than the other foot. The toenails are painted and it's not the whole foot, you guys. It's just like the toes. And like the top of the foot. It's really odd. I don't know what it means, but I thought that was amazing.
0: I'd like us to interview Michael Gallenberg, our set designer. Yes. Because they were responsible for a lot of these little choices. But I think he would be a very interesting person to speak with.
1: I have so many questions for him. I want to know like all the cartoons. And yeah. like, is that Bob Barker like on a couch from a magazine? I'm positive.
0: Well, and they would rotate things, mm-hmm. you know. It was I I love that attention to detail that things would be different each week. Lady, should we take a break?
1: I think we should.
0: So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for
1: lunch to warm up. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've
0: told you before that we use Squarespace for our office ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to Squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to Squarespace.com OfficeLadies
1: to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up, and it can start to affect us.
0: Visit betterhelp.com slash office ladies today to get 10% off your
1: first month. That's BetterHelp, help. H e l p dot com slash office ladies. And we're back.
0: So we'll start with sexual harassment. Mandy Lanay. Mandy underscore Lanay. That's right said, in the talking head that Toby has after his conversation with Dwight, why is everything turned around
1: backward in the vending machine? Oh, good catch. Good catch, Mandy. Well, you know, probably we didn't have the licensing to feature those items, and you have to sometimes have companies agree to be featured on your show. Yeah, sometimes companies
0: will even pay you to be featured on a show, but... More than that, if you do see a logo or something, it has to be cleared because maybe they don't want to be associated with you.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a legal issue. So there were things in that vending machine, and maybe we were like, oh, wait, you can see all of that. Let's turn it around.
0: Yeah, isn't that? But what an odd thing. But I thought that was a really, really good catch. That's a good catch.
1: All right. We have a question from, it looks like, Ramon underscore 23 underscore 2016. In the episode, they say Meredith has two kids, but as the seasons go on, it drops down to her just having one son. Am I right or am I crazy?
0: I checked the Bible. Ooh,
1: the show Bible. I
0: checked the show Bible, and this is crazy. This is a crazy, crazy observation. Okay, in the show Bible, it lists both of these things. So on the Meredith page, first it says she is divorced twice and has two kids. And Dwight says this fact in the Dundies as well. But then it has another reference from season two, episode 11. The Bible says she has one kid and no husband. Then in season five, episode 18, there is a reference in the show Bible that says she had her second kid for the vacation time. That sounds like Meredith. (laughs) Yes. That is crazy. That is crazy. So, what is it? It's a mystery. I mean, Meredith's whole life is a mystery,
1: truly. A little bit, and I think maybe the writers sometimes just for the purpose of a joke might have changed things.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think that did happen sometimes. Sometimes a joke was just too good. For example, with Pam's mom, how we recast Pam's mom because they had a storyline that was just too good.
1: Right, so sometimes it's out of your hands. Sometimes it might just be like a writer continuity error. Maybe they just didn't check the Bible. Or they did and didn't care because they loved the joke too much. <laughs>
0: it could be any of those things. But yes, good catch sent me down to the show Bible. I had to find out. I guess we didn't miss very much in sexual harassment, Angela. I went through all the emails and all the comments. I would not put that
1: out there. <laughs>
0: oh, well, these were the two. These were the <laughs> okay, two things. Okay, okay. All right, here is a fun fact from Patty Schufner, 76. I loved this. She wrote in to say, SAS shoes are made in San Antonio, Texas. SAS stands for San Antonio Shoemakers, and you can go visit the factory.
1: Boy, we should. You would love that. We should go, Ange. Oh my gosh. My grandmother, God rest her soul, is somewhere being like, go to the SAS factory. She loved her sash shoes.
0: I would love it. I went to that shoe factory in Key West, Florida. What? Yeah. What? There are these, there are these leather sandals that are only made in Key West, Florida. And I went on a family vacation when I was a teenager with my mom. And I got a pair of these sandals. They're like $8. And I loved them so much. And they eventually opened an online store, but the only way you could get them is if you sent them like a certified check from the bank. But it was like for $15. It was like $8 for the sandals and then shipping. And I did it for years. For years, I would go into a bank and I would get a certified check and I would send it off to this Key West foot because they were the most comfortable. Uh, Were they the
1: ones like your Navy ones? Yes, the blue ones. Yes, yes. Jenna, I have such a strong memory of you wearing those shoes every day in the summer.
0: Yes. Every day. Angela, I still wear them. You can order them now without a certified check. I'm disappointed I can't remember the name of them. I'm sorry, everyone. This is not an ad for them. No, no. This is just, I really love these sandals. I'm sure you could find them if you Google like Key West, Florida sandals.
1: Listen, listen, that's what happens. My grandmother wore sash shoes her whole life. You find a shoe you love, you stick with it. That's right. I would go to this factory tour with you. That would be fun. All right. Steph Thomas writes in and says, There was a continuity error during the game. One shot showed Phyllis sitting on the bench with Pam and Angela. And when the camera switched to the game, Phyllis was playing. Then she was back on the bench. Yeah. I caught this too, actually. I caught a few times where she was like sitting next to us and then it would cut back and she wasn't there. So Steph, great catch. That did happen. I think we shot a little bit out of order and that was a continuity error. So great catch.
0: I remember Phyllis was sometimes on the bench with us and sometimes playing, and Kate was always on the bench with us, but she was kind of sitting up on the table, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is our last catch, Tom underscore A-V-8-R. I guess he's Tom underscore Aviator.
1: Well, uh, A-V-8-R, that's, that's the Aviator. Ab- that's the abbreviation, yeah. it would seem.
0: Okay, and I do want to say he was not the only person to point this out, but he says at 22 minutes, 25 seconds of our podcast— You said Michael's book is called How I Manage, and it is actually called Somehow I Manage by Michael G. Scott. Over one million sold, more than the Bible. Not surprised, (laughs) guys. Yes, I apologize. Much better title. Somehow I manage. I think Greg and Steve should get together and write Somehow I Manage. Wait, they need to write a as Michael Scott as Michael Scott. I think Greg and Steve could get together and they could write this business management textbook. I think it would be amazing. That I would think be it hilarious. Would, that would sell like hotcakes. Yes. Can we start an online campaign to make this happen? I now no longer care if we have an office reunion. I just want the book. Somehow I manage. Oh, my gosh. This is my new person. We're going to get a
1: phone call from Greg, and he's going to be like, guys, people are telling me that like you want me to write a book. What is this about?
0: (laughs) I know. I know.
1: (laughs) Moving on to Hot Girl, we got a fan question. Hal wrote in, and he says, I noticed that Pam Stanley and Amy Adams all made appearances on that 70s show. I'm curious what, if any, are the connections there?
0: Angela, I looked this (laughs) up because I was shocked by this. Here's what I found out. Leslie David Baker, who plays Stanley, Mm -hmm. myself and Amy Adams have all had guest appearances on that 70s show in different years and different Mm -hmm. seasons, even with different casting directors. I could not find a common link except that... That 70s show was on for whatever, nine seasons? It was a seasons? very
1: popular show. It'd yeah. be like saying, oh my gosh, these three actors were all on Friends. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it was on for a long time and they had a lot of guest stars.
0: And I think that we were just those working actors just pounding the pavement looking for work. And we all ended up on that seventy show. You know, Rain Wilson and I both had recurring roles on Six Feet Under. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew
1: Reigns, but I didn't know you.
0: Well, Reigns was very famous. Mm -hmm. He had a very long-running recurring role on that show. I did two episodes of that show, and that was a dream come true. You know, Some of those guest spots, you know, where you get to suddenly, you're just this unknown, struggling actor, and all of a sudden you're on a set with a bunch of famous people on a hit show, and you're like, God, I hope I don't screw this up.
1: I was the murderer on Monk. Oh! Uh-huh. Tony Shalhoub was amazing, and I'm such a fan. And Alfred Molina was in the episode, and I killed somebody. Oh,
0: my gosh, <laughs> Angela. I once did a guest spot on a show where my character had to die. It was a medical drama. Oh, And my character got such a high fever that my brain melted. And it was a result of doing drugs. I was playing a teenager. And uh, my mom said it was the only performance of mine that has ever deeply disturbed her. She did not enjoy watching My Heart Flatline.
1: Oh, no, no, no. 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 Uh Uh-uh. Very
0: upsetting I wouldn't
1: want to watch that either. No. No. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's it. Guys, I'm sorry. I wish that I had a better answer. But good observation.
1: Very good observation.
0: So William Warden, 6547, wrote in, Amy Adams might be my very distant cousin if she's also related to John Quincy Adams. William Warden, I have some good news for you. What? According to the internet, Amy is the 13th cousin eight times removed from our sixth president, John Adams, and signer of the Declaration of Independence. Does Amy know that? (laughs) I don't know if Amy
1: knows. Amy, I hope you know this. This is kind of amazing.
0: Yes, you are a very distant cousin, eight times removed from one of our founding fathers. Wow. As is William Warden. Wow. Six, five, four, seven. All right, so those were some general hot girl comments, but let's get into the nitty gritty of the episode. Here is something. A lot of fans had questions about the espresso machine. Angela?
1: Well, let me just tell you, I did a deep dive on this. Here we go coffee machine correction. A lot of fans said it was an espresso machine. Correction from Kelly McNeil. You ladies said you weren't sure what happened to the coffee maker at the end of Hot Girl. Doesn't it make a reappearance in the episode where Michael renovates the Michael Scott paper company into Cafe Disco? Well, let me tell you, Angela, here I go. I went way into the internet last night, guys. And here's the thing. In Hot Girl, at 11 minutes, 41 seconds, Michael says it is a Starbucks digital barista, and it cost $1,000. And you know what? I looked it up, and it looks kind of boxy. Look, Jenna. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, in Cafe Disco, this is not the same machine. Oh. In Cafe Disco, it's actually circular looking, and it is called a... Expressione Cafe Nova Centro. Oh. It's $400. Is it also from Starbucks? Uh, No, you can get this, it looks like, on Amazon or Costco. Oh, I see. See? Oh, yeah.
0: Completely different machine, Completely guys. Completely
1: different. One looks like a boxy square. The other is like round with levers. Yeah, it has a sort of cylinder-esque. Yes. I don't even want to tell you guys how long it took me to find this information out. <laughs> I actually found the Cafe Disco Expresso Cafe Nova Centro on um, Reddit. Reddit is an interesting place. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. So, anyway. Sam is
0: shaking his head. Yeah, don't go. Don't go to Reddit. Mom,
1: don't go to Reddit. Well, I was looking for a coffee maker, dang it. But here's the thing. It is not the same coffee maker. Well,
0: I believe Phil Shea when he said we had to return it. It definitely isn't the exact same one because he returned it back to Starbucks to get his money back. And the one that's... I guess. The one that's... Even though we used it.
1: The one that's in Cafe Disco. Why did I read the reviews? <laughs> but it's um, it's much cheaper.
0: Oh, I and see.
1: Doesn't always deliver. Apparently. Well,
0: that makes sense okay. because Michael Scott Paper Company did not have as much money as Dunder they,
1: they would not spend a thousand dollars. They would not.
0: All right, so more about the coffee maker. A lot of people would like us to answer the question, who won the coffee maker? Remember I bring up that we don't know? Well, Julia Sniffen found out something very interesting.
1: Julia, what?
0: She said, at 16 minutes, 43 seconds, Dwight is asking Katie on a date. And when she says no, he moves, and you can see the leaderboard for the incentive prize. It says, DM calendar blitz, Jim is in first place with $3,500, and Dwight is in second with $3,000. She says, I like to think that Pam wrote this. Mm -hmm. So I guess at that point, Jim is the leader. So technically, Jim would have won the coffee maker.
1: Right. If we Michael was a little sour, though, about Katie going home with Jim. So that might not have worked out for Jim.
0: Yeah, I like to think that at the end of the episode, Michael is just sipping coffee? Like he kept it? Why do I feel like he kept it? I
1: feel like he kept it at his condo. I do too. That's what I think.
0: Well, Tyler Weirs also says, I was rewatching Hot Girl after listening to the last recap and I noticed the name Andy written on the conference room sales board at 14 minutes, 36 seconds. Is this a complete coincidence or was this, you know, pointing at Andy Bernard, the character of Andy Bernard already in the plans. This must be a coincidence.
1: It's a coincidence. There's 100%. no there's no way they knew that early on that any of those extra characters were going to be storylines. There's no way.
0: But I feel like this is what we talked about before Angela about these accidents mm-hmm. that sort of stay in the ether of the office magic.
1: Hey, you know I will go down like (laughs) a deep, deep dive on how I think there's a group mind in comedy. And it's my improv background and that when people are all in this group mind, these wonderful accidents that aren't accidents happen, you know? Yes. Okay, sorry. I geeked out for a second, guys.
0: (laughs) I love it. Laura Sloss wrote, I loved the hot girl episode of the podcast. Thank you. She loved hearing about my poker tournament in Scotland. She lives in a town outside of Edinburgh and was wondering, do I remember the pub that I won the poker tournament in? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It is called the Wally Doug and it is at 32 Northumberland Street. Laura said she's going to go by and see if my name is still on the leaderboard. Will you let me know?
1: Oh, that would be great. If it is, you have to take a picture.
0: Yes, please do. That is I so feel cool. Like, I feel like as soon as I walked out, they just erased it and they were like,
1: Was it like dang dry, American? Was it a dry erase board? It was. Oh, it is gone. <laughs> Who are we kidding? That's gone. Um, I'm trying to remember what year that
0: was. It was before my son was born. I think it was like 2009 or 2010. So we're going on a good nine or 10 years ago.
1: Here's a question from Mally Brovski and Shelby Garrick. They both asked, Jenna, when you sing at the end of the Hot Girl podcast, did you choose On the Wings of Love? Because that's what you sang at the funeral for the bird in grief counseling. It is. Really? Yes.
0: I chose it. And I wondered if anyone would notice. You planted a little secret? Yeah, well, when you said sing something, I mean, we didn't plan that I was going to sing in that no, podcast. No. But when you said, why don't you sing something? I was like, the first thing that popped into my head was a song that Pam sang. So finally, guys. I can't tell you how overwhelmingly positive the response was to our interview with Phil Shea, our props master. We got so many emails, so many comments about
1: that, and we wanted to give you a little more. Yes. Phil actually was able to talk to us for a little bit longer than was in the actual episode, and he's just a wealth of information about the show.
0: He answered more questions about the basketball episode and also the healthcare episode. So we're going to play that for you now. In the basketball episode, people had two big questions. One of the questions was the face mask that Rain wears on his face. I remember that that was Greg's idea, and it was scripted, but we never refer to it. Do you remember that? Is that something you had to find? Is that a prop, or is that a wardrobe?
2: It was a prop because it was basically something that would have been in Rain's personal effects. He bought, bought that at a sporting goods store or had an ophthalmologist it for him or a facial surgeon it for him. So I guess Greg was an enamored with Alan Iverson, who wore one of those back <laughs> in 2005. So um, I found a couple online, and we bought all three, and on, uh, whichever one fit reigns the most, face the most um, appropriately, according to Greg's vision, that's the one we used.
1: Crazy. So, so Inspired was, by Alan Iverson. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Or somebody in the NBA who had broken their nose and came back in the game with that clear plexi face mask. And it was really the rage back then. So it was very, very topical and very current and relevant so that we kind of mimicked it, but it had rage So it was pretty funny. Yeah. It was just... One of the millions of gold nuggets that Greg always drops into the scripts that made it just a little scooch funnier and a little Mm -hmm. more mysterious. A little uh, bit
1: of layers there.
2: Yeah, great layers. Yeah. So I'm glad the fans inquire about all those little nuggets that Greg uh, added to the show.
0: Another thing people wanted to know about in that episode is the cold pack that bursts open. Did you have to test cold packs? Like, How did you make sure that this cold pack would burst open in the confetti-like way that Greg wanted?
2: Yeah, we we shook a bunch of them and tried to do it realistically and it never happened. And then we would score them. We would just take these little knives and kind of score it, which is basically weakening the fibers of the bag Mm -hmm. and then applied the same amount of pressure. And then we let Rain practice with three or four so he could get an idea of how hard he needed to squeeze. Do one of them break the bag? So that was just uh, old school special effects or low tech, we call it, really low tech. We got different bags, poked a hole in them. The material. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. well, not poking a hole, yeah. but more just uh, weakening, like, like scraping, yeah. weakening. Yeah, weakening, yeah. exactly.
0: So, Phil, a lot of people wanted to know more about the ice cream cake in the healthcare episode. Specifically, how many ice cream cakes did you have to buy?
2: I think we did 30, and that was from the Baskin Robbins. Sh- on Victory Boulevard in Burbank, and they delivered them in a refrigerated truck.
0: Oh, my God. Oh my did we so, yeah, eat them yeah. all, or did you have any leftover?
2: We might have had four or five leftover, and That's I think we gave it? them to the craft service.
1: Oh, man. Yes, I'm sure. Who yeah. ate them yeah. at craft service? Not the cast. I can tell you that much. We no. were all about to vomit.
2: I gave it to craft service, and I, I just—I was just glad to be rid of them all. <laughs> so the other ones didn't know who eats them or what you do with them, but they're not my responsibility know. anymore. so I Here. mean, they're they're
1: perfectly fine cakes. It, it just like we they turned on us after eating them for hours and hours.
2: You guys were troopers.
0: Today's episode of Office Ladies is brought to you by Captain Crunch. Who said that kids get to have all the breakfast time fun? Right? Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. You know, life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from the morning monotony. Enjoy bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, crunch berries, of course, right? Oops, all berries, and peanut butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon. Even in a sea of milk, the crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. By Cap'n Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch, now at a retailer near you. And learn more at CaptainCrunch.com.
1: When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Twenty-three hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Just go to indeed.com slash office ladies right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash office ladies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this second drink of season one.
1: Yes, and thank you so much for sending in your questions and your
0: comments. And I want to say one thing, Ange, we get a lot of people asking us, what is the best way to submit a question?
1: Oh, well, I know that you have a certain way that you say it really helps. So let them hear it. Okay, my favorite, because I like organization, is
0: when people submit questions through officeladies.com. Because on our website, we have these little folders for each episode. And you just click on the folder... And then, when it's time for us to prep that episode, I can go to that folder of questions. And, and they're all amazing. right there.
1: They're
0: you, all right there. Yeah. We also have, by the way, a general QA folder if your question doesn't fit into a specific episode. And, um, but, Lady, you get a lot of questions and comments from Office Ladies Pod, our Instagram.
1: Yes, I will go through Instagram comments. Jenna goes through folders. So, there are multiple ways you can find us.
0: And our associate producer, Ainsley, grabs things from our email, which is office ladies at earwolf.com. So there's lots of ways. But we also get another question a lot, lady, which is how far in advance do you need to send a question? Pretty far. Like four weeks. Yeah. We're about four weeks ahead on our podcast. So hopefully that helps so you can get your question answered. We also check those folders and comments after an episode has aired for these revisiteds.
1: Yes, that's actually one of my favorite things is to see your comments and like when Jenna got the um, synopsis of "Look Who's Talking Wrong." The comments on Office Ladies Pod were making me laugh so hard. I like snort laughed. Did you love that, Anne? You loved <laughs> it when
0: I got it wrong. And everybody. Well, worried. no, just because you we... just thought that was so funny, guys. I... She snort laughed. She I just did loved
1: it. I did. It's her I favorite mean, thing. Hey, hey settle down because every week I say some very simple phrase wrong. I can't. It's 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 like my latest one, by the way, is your mashup of Betty Crocker
0: and Susie Homemaker.
1: That was a private mashup. I left, I left Jenna a voicemail and I was just saying how I'm not great in the kitchen, you know, and I was talking to my husband. I was like, look, I'm not Betty Homemaker.
0: Yeah. She's not Betty Homemaker,
1: everybody. Who
0: is is, it? It's Susie Homemaker. It's either Susie Homemaker or Betty Crocker. Okay. Susie Homemaker kind of cleans the house and organizes it. I think she's sort of overall homemaker. And Betty Crocker is more kitchen-based. But I actually think you're getting it right, Angela. You are not a (laughs) Betty Homemaker.
1: Okay? Well, listen. Neither one of those things are things you're super interested in. My skill sets are this. If you want someone to organize your pantry, if you have like all of your sort of wrapping paper and it's all in a bin all meshed up with your ribbon, I'm going to go through. I will fold every piece of tissue paper. You will Marie Kondo that. But guys, I can't like make a casserole out of just like extra stuff in the fridge. You're you're not going to want to eat that. I don't have that in me. I hear you. You're not a
0: Betty homemaker. (laughs) I'm not a Betty
1: homemaker. All right, you guys. Well, happy holidays. We hope you're having a safe and good one. And we just want to say we love you. Yeah, we love you. And we'll be back next week, breaking down an episode as usual. Bye. Bye. That's my turkey. I liked it. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our producer is Cody Fisher. Our sound engineer is
0: Sam Kiefer. And our associate producer is Ainsley Bubiko. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of Office Ladies, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE.